season four, episode two of the Chicago Blackhawks Ringcast, Camp and Crow, a lightning round uh, take of our four panelists on the Blackhawks training camp, as well as the retirement of Crawford. Going to keep it kind of brief tonight because of the national championship game that yours truly will be glued to from 8 p.m. Eastern till about midnight, perhaps much later if I'm uh, either in an unfocused rage because of an Alabama win or I can't sleep because the Buckeyes pulled off an upset. We shall see. But that's not a hockey matter. That's a football matter. Um, joining me tonight uh, are my partner in crime. Um, we borrowed him from the uh, Seattle Kraken cast. Jeff Osborne, other known across, otherwise known across the interwebs as Gatekeeper. My name is Jeff. It's Hefe, man. And also joining us tonight are two of the regulars on the Blackhawks Raycast. Um, Sean Fitzgerald. Sean, how's it going, man? It's going good, John. How are you? Go uh, Alabama, because I hate OSU. Uh, you may have just jeopardized your position on this rankcast, but we'll have, <laughs> maybe you can I redeem apologize. yourself with I some apologize. insights. Um, and also our man in Rockford and parts unknown, Andy Campbell. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back, NHL. Here we go. Right on. Very exciting week. Um, tonight's broadcast, tonight's ringcast, is brought to you by our founding sponsor, puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com, P-U-C-K-Y. Yes. <laughs> and Sean is rocking tonight a, uh, a rink hoodie, which is available for you at puckhockey.com. Use the rink, T-H-E-R-I-N-K, no dash in this case, discount code, and get 10% off all your orders there, including not just rink gear, but everything at Puck Hockey. It's really great stuff. We, uh, we are eternally grateful to those guys for their partnership in, in launching this, this thing uh, now going on four years ago, and um, they're uh, always uh, near and dear to us. Um, also, our new sponsor, Manscaped.com. This is who they are. This is what they do. Um, <laughs> go check them out. What's up with your fucking body hair, big shoots? Go check them out. M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com, manscaped.com. Um, use the Rink Chicago, no dashes, T-H-E-R-I-N-K Chicago discount code for 20% off. Uh, some incredibly cool stuff. Not only will you appreciate it, but your significant other will appreciate it too. Don't ask me how I know. All right, let's, let's get to business here. Uh, let's talk first about Blackhawks camp. Um, the Hawks, um, you know, are getting ready for opening night here. They're beginning to sort of gel into lines. We have uh, at least one question tonight from, uh, from the Twitters on the lines. Um, so we can probably, you know, talk about that. Um, I, I personally, um, I have some lingering concerns about this team, um, but I'll get into those uh, in a minute. Um, and perhaps it's not concerned. Maybe this really truly is a, a tank and rebuild type season. Um, and everybody should be prepared for that. What do you think, Andy Campbell? Well, I don't know. I'm no major surprises. Obviously there were, you know, some, some sent down to Rockford today. Um, but I didn't see anyone there on that list that, that shouldn't be there. Uh, you know, a couple of the guys that I've been talking about, you know, Barrett and, and Regula uh, are the ones that do need significant time in Rockford. Um, Pius Suter sounds like he is as advertised. A lot of buzz around him around camp. Love the idea of him with Kubalik right now. Is that seems like a pairing that they were going with today, maybe yesterday. Um, Nicholas Bodine turning some heads. 
Um, looks like he put on a little bit of weight in the off season. I believe it was 11 pounds. Yeah. 11 pounds, which is pretty significant. As our, as our guy, Mario Taravasi said, we all put on 11 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could do yeah. that after a couple of jets pizzas. <laughs> oh yeah. No, but definitely a lot easier for us to do in this day and age than when you were 21. Um, so that, that's yes. for sure. Um, but so, you know, I, I'm excited about him. And then Kurashev, I, I love, you know, what we've seen in some of those clips that you, that you see in the practices from Kurashev. He might stick around for a little bit. You know, now with Soderberg, it sounds like he's not going to be here, you know, for the road trip. He's going to miss the first four games. Who knows when he's going to come back. They need him out on the ice um, for nothing other than a bargaining chip uh, and the trade deadline for some futures. But I don't know. And then, then Ian Mitchell. Um, it sounds like he's ready. And so, you know, I, I think that a lot of, a lot of folks that were very, very high on him, it sounds like his game is sound enough to possibly be an NHL regular. A lot of people even have him in the top 10 Calder candidates. Um, oh, should be a team, which, is bold, which is bold, but uh, I think the <laughs> I forgot who wrote it in the athletic. It wasn't Scott powers, but someone listed top 10, top 10 Calder candidates and they had Ian Mitchell at 10. Oh uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet money on that. Well, I wouldn't bet money on this team in any way, shape, or form. But, yeah. um, but it sounds like he's maybe on ready, the under, right? But he sounds like he's ready to play NHL level. Um, and I have, I have had some conversations with my buddy Leon Hayward over at Colorado College, who has always said, "Thank God he's not around anymore." Um, he's a he's a hell of a hockey player, and uh, we'll see what he can do. But, um. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think there's any, unless you guys feel differently, there's no major surprises. It doesn't sound like from camp. Um, I've said too much already. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Sean, Sean Fitzgerald. Yeah, I agree with Andy. There, there's really no surprises out of camp. Um, Kershev looked good yesterday in the scrimmage. Uh, Ian Mitchell looked good. Um, I'll never understand why people fight during the scrimmage. Usually it's Duncan Keith. This year it was Reese Johnson and um, Sealer. I I didn't understand that. I get you're trying to make a team, maybe, but why are you? Tr- I I it it blows my mind because it makes no sense. Um, I know the uh, the rink chat was lighting me up uh, for um, the goalie play of Matt Tompkins because he got lit up yesterday. Um, so <laughs> he 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 does. Uh, uh, the organization likes him for whatever reason. And uh, I like a, like a try hard guy. That's just me. He's worked his way up from being a draft, a sixth round pick out of OSU, I believe in 2013. If, yeah. I, if my, if I remember correctly, 2012. 2012. Okay. And he worked his way up from Indy to Rockford. And now he's going to he's gonna stay after nine years of being in the organization. Probably, probably, but nine you never years. know. I mean, nine years to develop a backup AHL goalie. Way to go guys. Well, yeah. yeah. Hey, he probably he's probably betting his career. You know, if, if Jeff Glass can play in Chicago, and yeah, right, maybe he can't. Pass Foster, right, yeah. Jeff Glass resigned with the San Diego Gulls. So, I mean, yeah. maybe uh, maybe Tompkins. I mean, you look at the goalie situation. Like Subban and Delia, I guess, weren't really tested in yesterday's scrimmage. Um, so that's going to be really telling. And uh, as the Athletic is ranked. Delia, I think he's ranked dead last in the yes. NHL for Great. starting goaltenders. So, um, John, I know you posed the question about is this a tank season or not? I don't think it was a tank season until Jonathan Taves and his undisclosed illness. Now I think it's full on 
like race to the bottom, we're going to be worse than Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. So Kate, that, that, what do you think? Well, I mean, these guys said uh, just about everything. Uh, no huge surprises. I mean, are we surprised Brandon Perry made the roster? No, not really. Uh, Cause he could be a taxi guy. He's, he'd have to go through waivers to do it, but he could be a, a, you know, on the taxi squad. So, you know, good, great. Uh, Bodan, I mean, he should have probably been in the mix for an NHL job by now. So are we surprised? Not really. Uh, Kalanuk, you know, they're going to keep these guys in the NHL, these young kids, at least until Rockford really gets rolling. There's no way they're going to send them to Rockford to go down there and practice um, when they could just give them some NHL time right now. It's like basically some free time and and free opponents. Unfortunately, the first two opponents are, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, (laughs) you know, that's kind of throwing them to the wolves. But you're going to you're going to see these guys in the NHL for a little while and they'll probably weed out a couple of them, these young guys, and uh, send a couple back down to Rockford and maybe do kind of, kind of some shuffle in a little bit, right. do that Rockford shuffle. Right. And uh, so, and there will be a handful of them. Like, I could see Brandon Peary being on the uh, taxi squad. Yeah. Now, the, the interesting thing that I did find out from – I spoke with uh, uh, Hart uh, Levine from uh, Puck PD the other day, and he was – I was asking him uh, on the other podcast, Kraken Hostel podcast, um, I was uh, asking him things about, you know, what, what were some unattended things that came up and stuff like that with, uh, with, you know, salary cap and stuff like that. And something I didn't even realize, I didn't, you know, it's out there to read, but a lot of people aren't paying attention to it is that a player to go to the, uh, to go to the taxi squad, if you are supposed to pass through waivers to go down to the minors, like any, any other, you know, movement, uh, you have to pass the waivers to go to the taxi squad. So, that could come into effect right. when putting a guy in the taxi squad. You're not going to put, you know, I, I, I would have to look at the list of the players that are actually, um, you know, a waiver exempt and aren't waiver exempt because I don't know them off the top of my head. But, you know, there's a couple guys out there who aren't waiver exempt that would have to they'd have to sneak through waivers to put them on the taxi squad. Right. So, you know, you're, you're you might be more inclined to keep them in the NHL for a little while instead of, you know, trying to pass someone through waivers. If it's, if it's lost season anyway, right. you know, it's that kind of thing. And, and, yeah. and like Sean said, the goalies too, you know, right now, no one's really stood out. You know, who my boy is Calendelia, but uh, you know, it is, they said in the, in the, uh, the rankings, it could have been any three of those goalies that would have been ranked last. It didn't matter who it was. They just put Delia's name on there. Right. So, you know, it, it's a big question mark right now. Uh, Who's going to score the goals and who's going to keep the goals, you know, who's going to keep the pucks out of the net. There's really, uh, you know, only a handful of guys that we can be sure of and that's it. Yeah. I gave, those are all really good points. I mean, this is one of those times of year, I think when, when fans and, and certain members of the media get a little crazy with this, Oh, this guy or that guy's going to make the team. And yet what always happens is, is after their few games taste of the NHL, you know, that they get shuffled around guys go to Rockford, et cetera. You know, when uh, Soderbergh gets here, that's going to force some changes. I think it's an interesting point you raise about, um, you know, I need to pass through waivers to go on the taxi squad. You know, you think that through, then that means guys like Peary, uh, Anton Lindholm, um, guys who have some NHL experience, um, you know, could be useful there in that role, but they're not guys who somebody's going to jump, you know, leapfrog over each other to try and claim off of waivers either. So 
That makes a lot of sense. Um, Side note, you know, John, Anton Lindholm, John Quinville, Nick Sealer, and Matt Tompkins were all placed right. on waivers today. Right. Okay. Those are all guys that I could see being on the taxi squad. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And With unless they're Martin Furk, they're not getting claimed by anybody. Right. <laughs> right. Right. The exception may be of uh, Tompkins. I'm not sure Tompkins is going to see any NHL time, but, you know. Anyway, um, you know, and, you know, the interesting thing, too, is about the lines. And I guess I'll pivot to that. And I'm going to pivot to that with our first question. This is from Heavy Metal Cul-de-Sac. Um, uh, now that the season is close and the roster is nearly set, what line matchups, defensive pairings would you like to see the Hawks start out with? <laughs> to oh, going to me first? Uh, wow. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have like, is there like a simulator I could just plug names into and it just randomizes everything? Right. I mean, I, I, I mean, honestly put anything out there. <laughs> I don't I mean, I, I think that it, the, you know, the, the Kane Strom Debrinket line, I think they're going to roll with that for as long as they can, or at least until someone goes really, really cold, but I don't, Jeremy Colleton is going to be in job saving mode. I mean, he, he is the one person in the organization right now outside of the players that can't say, Oh my gosh, we actually have to tank for the betterment of the team. I mean, they could pin the season on him any way they want to, if the Hawks don't achieve. Uh, bottom line. So I, I think the combinations you're going to see are going to be many and many early. The deck's going to be, particularly in those first two games against Tampa Bay, if they don't go very well, um, <clears throat> which they probably won't, then I think the combos are going to be switched up quite a bit. I do like the idea of Suter and Kubalik together. Um, that seems like, you know, from the early looks of camp that there's there's a little bit of chemistry there. Uh, you know, two two really good offensive weapons that have you know, play similar styles who have played in the same league before uh, overseas. If you can keep those two together, I'd like to see that up front. Um, in the back, you know, I think it's Mitchell and DeHaan, I think is something that's been mm-hmm. of yeah. late. That, that <clears throat> I actually like that quite a bit. You know, get someone, get someone big and physical uh, with the kid there, you know, maybe protect him a little bit. But I mean, DeHaan is probably their best defensive defenseman, period. Um, when healthy, I mean, he's he's pretty darn good. I mean, he's a great hockey player. Yeah. So putting, putting Mitchell with him where Mitchell might have a little bit more room to carry the puck and carry the load. I like that. I mean, those are the only two that I, that I feel marginally, you know, comfortable with or somewhat strong about just to make sure that expectations are are not expectations, but just have a fighting chance in a hockey game this year. Yeah. Sean. So um, I was uh, on the, the Twitterverse earlier today and um a guy I follow who's a big Cubs guy, but also a big Hawks guy, he suggested Kubelik, Suter, and Peary as a line. And I think that um, it kind of reminds me of uh, when we did our fantasy draft, and I think I had uh, Peary smoking, uh, I can't think of his name, down in Arizona and somebody smoking else. So, smoking Nick Schmaltz. Yeah, smoking I think, Nick, I, 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 think I had a line similar line. to that, so yeah. I think I would roll Copyright with that. Rick, 19, 2019. <laughs> and then um I've seen out there that like Zadaroff and Boquist maybe a pairing together. Yep. So I, don't I can like see that. like a <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. What'd you say, Andy? I, I, that one makes me really nervous. Really nervous. I mean, you've got a guy with a groin problem, you know, Zadarov who's missed a little bit of time. He's not the best skater in the world. He runs around too. Runs yeah. around. Boquist runs around. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Sorry, keep how, going. No, how it's many gonna times be... we see Boquist at the other end, the opponents below the opponent's goal line last year? I know. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he was channeling his um, – what was – I can't remember. I'll, I'll, the name will come to me here in a minute. Michael um, Kenny. But, yeah, that those are the lines. Uh, ah, I can't think of his name. He was the guy we got from the Stars for Patrick Sharp, the defenseman. Oh, Trevor Daly. Trevor Daly. He was also another guy who was always below the opponent's goal line. Yeah. So was Brian Campbell, you know. <laughs> he was, yeah. So, yeah, those are uh, – those are some of the pairings that I've heard. I don't know. Like Andy said, just uh, get the cube blender out and just blend them up and see, see what sticks. Mr. Mr. Sunshine gate. <laughs> I mean, it all, it all the you know, right now if, for the first couple of games, it's, it's going to be one way. And then when Soderberg gets here, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, you're going to, you're going to move things down a little bit. You're, you, you know, the first line is looking like what we're hearing is Kane to bring it in Strom. Um, what's going to happen if Pia Suter once Soderberg comes around and then you've got, you know, you've, you've got a lot of centers around. Are you going to move Suter over to the wing or what are we going to do here? Because you've got what is Yan, either Yanmark or Walmart as a center. Um, I think they both are actually. Uh, yeah. Shaw can play center and you've got Carpenter. That's a center and Peary can play center and Kurashev can play center. Uh, I mean, that's a lot of centers out there. So uh, I would think that when you add another center to that mix, it's going to change things up, I think. I think he has other plans for that. But for right now, sure, Pia Suter, give him a second-line tryout, you know, with with Kubalik, who's going to, you know, you could set him up on a tee all day long and uh, rack up assists that way. Uh, And if you're going to have Perry out there, he does one thing good, and he showed it in the scrimmage. He scores goals. Unfortunately, he doesn't do a whole lot much of else of anything, but you know, he's a black hawk. Yeah, doesn't matter at this point. And uh, on defense, like you know, I, I'm curious to see what Kalanuck will do and, and Mitchell will do against NHL right. players. But um, you know, you're gonna want you're not gonna want to pair up two young kids together. That's for sure. So you know, Dehan and uh, Murphy. Uh, we have seen uh, reports of Murphy and uh, Keith starting. Yeah. Is the first uh, first pairing shut down? Pair. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's really a shutdown pair, but um, you know it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a decent it's like a decent second pairing on any other team, right? Uh, but that's not what it's gonna be here in Chicago. That's gonna be what, who they're gonna count on to to skate twenty five minutes a night. Uh, yeah. You know, power play, penalty kill, all that stuff, and that's it's gonna take a lot out of them. They're not, they're not young bucks anymore. I, no matter what, it, d- despite what you read in the newspapers, uh, they're not young bucks anymore. So, and then, uh, you know, uh, don't forget about Carlson. I mean, he's a good, you know, just, just a guy in the back end. He's just a guy. Uh, he's not going to score any goals, but he can make an outlet pass to somebody, uh, uh, you know, breakout out of the zone and he's going to play defense on the back end. Like, yeah. um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't, I, I can't, with seeing, you know, a scrimmage, uh, you know, a couple of scrimmages, can can you really sit here and make up lines other than what you've been reading from the beat writers? You really can't until you actually see them on the ice working together against an opponent they're trying to beat rather than just scrimmaging against, you know, teammates. So, yeah. So I'm kind of uh, in the camp of all you guys. Um I, I think that, you know, what Colleton has presented with is kind of a, a grab bag of spare parts. 
he's got a couple of uh, he's got maybe he's got one elite player and then he's got maybe one near elite player in Kubalik and then he's got a couple of good players are in um, to bring it um, you know and I'm talking about the forwards now I think you know, everybody's again, getting all excited about Kane Strom and to and going, Oh, look at that points goals. But I really think that that line is going to have some, some serious problems against the better defensive pairings that are typically going to be rolled out against them because they're not going to be able to outskate a lot of, uh, a lot of pairings. I mean, Kane's the only guy with above average speed um, and they're not going to be able to outmuscle anybody. Puck retrieval is going to be a massive problem for that line. Um, and I think puck retrieval um, is, you know, I, I think I haven't seen enough of Pia Suter to know, you know, how well he's going to do in, in the corners and around the net. Because um, I think Kubelik is a guy that, you know, he, he needs to move around and somebody's got to get him the puck. He's not the guy you want going in the corner after the puck. So I think, you know, and again, I keep I keep comparing this team or, or evaluating this team in terms of how how equipped are they to contend? And they're just not. And so a lot of the metrics that I usually apply are kind of ridiculous because this team's not really going to do anything this year. And it's going to be again about a season about evaluating the progress of younger players like Mitchell, um, like uh, Boakvist um, and unfortunately not doc, but uh, you know, it's, and you know, guys like Kubelik does, you know, does he have a sophomore slump or does he continue on the same torrid pace of last year? And, you know, Again, I think, you know, you go back to the side, the sod trade, you know, not only did they not get all that much back, but they lost something and they lost a guy who played really well, actually, with Taves and Kubelik. And, um, you know, they need those guys who have some skill, but can also go into the corners and get the puck out, you know, for, for guys like Kubelik. So um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, and, and I just hope that there's enough sort of inertia there, positive inertia, that the young guys can thrive and grow and, and, that it doesn't just turn into a really negative situation. And I think that remains to be seen. All the talk now is, you know, they're going to defy the, the doubters and do all this great stuff. Oh, well, Jesus. yeah, you know, let's, let's check back in on that in 60 days, you know, and see. So um, you don't, you don't think JJ that Strom and, uh, you know, Debrinket are going to be winning pucks off of Hedman and Shattenkirk. <laughs> I guess I don't, I guess I don't get it. No, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of don't call me negative Nancy, but no, I, think, I think that that's going to be an issue for that line against certain teams. And again, they're not going to really outskate a lot of teams. Now, I, I think Pat, Patrick Kane is your best puck winner on that line. And that's not an indictment on him. I mean, he can win, he can win in a 50, 50 puck every now and then, but I don't, the other two can't do it. Right. You can't do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. again, I mean, when you, when you sort of, you, you know, you watch enough games and you play some games and whatnot. I mean, you know how important that is, even though it doesn't always show up in the score sheet and uh, you know, so anyway, um, and on the defense. Um, yeah. I mean, I like that. I like that uh, pairing of Mitchell and Dehan. I think that that Dehan's a really nice partner for him. And um, you know, if it weren't Dehan, I would say Keith, you know, and the sticks match up and uh you know, we'll see. I mean, I think there's a lot of youth on that defense. There's going to be a lot of guys with really minimal NHL time and, and they're smaller guys and they're going to be tested. And, um, but it's going to be a learning process. I mean, and, and, you know, it's, it's always a thing that when a guy makes a team out of camp, everybody goes, Oh, he's ready. He's ready. He's going to be a star. It's like, 
you don't know. And a lot of times those guys end up going back to Rockford. And I'm not saying that'll be the case with Mitchell, but um, I do also think that there's going to be fits and starts and, you know, a step up and a step back all year with these guys. And um, again, let's just hope it stays positive and these guys can grow, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, look at Kyle Bond making it out of camp, right? Right. Right. You know, that, that happened. And then, uh, you know, people, a lot of people forget that in the Brinkett in his rookie year, he was probably a couple games from being sent down to Rockford for a little right. while. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then he just got hot at the right time and, and the trajectory changed. But actually, so was Sot too in 2013. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he, yeah. the first 20 games or so, he was a deer in the headlights. And, you know, he was also playing with two Hall of Famers, which didn't hurt. And he finally, the light went on and he was, you know, rocking and rolling. But, uh, well, I hope that when you know when things open up and rockford gets rolling rockford rolling uh <laughs> that um they're honest with themselves about these young guys and it's not just throw them out there and beat them to death and let them get beat and let them get you know let them just learn how to lose all season long like i hope that they're honest with that and they're like okay well we've given this guy a taste we don't think right. you know He's not NHL ready right now. He can't absorb all this. Let's right. set him down for a little bit. Let's get him, you know, get his confidence back a little bit. He's got a little taste, a little dip of the, you know, dipped his toe in the water of the NHL. Now we send him down a little bit and, you know, get him some competition. It's a little, you know, more where he can go in there. And uh, and, and I'm just, I'm kind of using Ian, Ian Mitchell as an example to send him down there and just, you know, get a little bit of confidence. Okay. You know, I am a pro. I could hang here getting beat every night isn't a regular thing. And like, I should, you know, that whole thing, you know, just learn. Um, I, I just hope they do that it, because putting them on the, putting them on the, uh, uh, the, the, the practice, the taxi squad isn't yeah. necessarily going to help. So if they're yeah. going to play in the NHL, set them down to Rockford. Right. It doesn't hurt anything. It's not, doesn't, it's nothing negative. Corey Crawford played a couple of years, you know, uh, uh, Seabrook, uh, or Seabrook actually almost went directly to the NHL, but Keith did play a whole year. Yep. Shaw, like, Bickle, yeah. Kruger. Um, yeah, uh, it's not anything negative against him. And a lot of those guys did it when the Blackhawks were terrible. Like Duncan Keith, like Corey Crawford, like they played in the minors when the Blackhawks were terrible. Yeah. So, and they turned out to be pretty good players. So. Yeah. You know, it's not a bad – I hope with this development, player development turns into something and they actually right. start developing people instead right. of just throwing them to the wolves until they break and then having to trade them away for 50 cents on the dollar because the guy's head is a mess. Because well, he gets waived by Vegas today. Well, we might we might be seeing those effects right now with Adam Boquist. Yes, we could. I, yeah. I, think, that, I think that his his arrival to the scene as an NHL regular was probably premature. Yeah. You know, he didn't spend very much time down down in Rockford. And I think that probably would have been a benefit to his game. And now we're all staring at him this year going, wow, is this his make or break year um, yeah. in NHL? I'm really worried about him uh, back there. <laughs> that, that's the Yeah, because now they're saying, you know, he's going to be one of the top men. You know, the, they're going to count on him. One of the top yeah. getters maybe. Is he ready for that? I, I, don't, I mean, he's, he's bottom six on one of the worst teams in the NHL right now. So um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the way yeah. that the Marians are set up. So, you know, we'll see that, that, yeah, I know I keep, and that going. would be a shame. That would be a yeah. real shame. You know, shame top 10. Pick. Yeah. And they put all that time into them and, they, and that, that quarter and quote player development with Brian Campbell right. on that whole show for everybody. And now all of a sudden, and then a couple of years later, it's like, it, he, he can't even make our bottom pair. It, right. it, I hope that doesn't end up happening. No, I mean, I'm certainly rooting for him. He's got yeah. super skill, you know, still, still needs some muscle, but you know, I don't, and he's not, he's not going to have a goaltender to bail him out. 
very much this year. You know, I don't, I think that that, that is going to take some adjusting. I think for a lot of those defensemen this year is, is their guys not back there anymore. And, um, and what are they going to do about that? You know, they can't sit there and let their goalies get lit up all the time. And you that, can't give up 52 shots a night. No. And that, you know, that, <clears throat> Oh, you can. It's trendy. <laughs> but, it, you know, but it, again, but that's where the physical wear and tear of this shortened season. And we keep coming back to the whole, you know, the taxi squad and the ups and downs of Rockford. I think you're going to see so many different looks back there. So many different looks. Um, time will tell. Look at that fucking treasure trail. What's up with your fucking body hair, big shoots? Hockey is back for the 2021 season. And you know what that means? It's time to take care of your family jewels and overall hygiene with the global leaders in below the waist grooming. Manscaped. Use the right tools for the job on and off the ice. Take it from me, the Marty Brodeur of Cooley and Coiffing. Don't be a goon and fight your bush. Our new partners at Manscaped are here to help you manage your naughty bits. So you stay clean, fragrant, and aesthetically pleasing to your significant other where it matters most. Every Manscaped product is now available all over the USA and Canada and with a special 20% discount for rink rats at manscaped.com. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer just to keep your private area safe. The Manscaped engineering team spent an intensive 18 months perfecting the greatest private area trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Lawnmower 3.0 is simply the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Think your skates are sharp? Because the ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced with a close shave. Perfect Package 3.0, which comes loaded into this nice little box, also comes with a crop preserver and crop reviver. It's time to keep your yarbles fresh and clean. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant to keep your nuts from sticking to your legs from end to end. Nobody will be chirping you anymore for having really smelly nuts. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with a soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your balls a boost. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag. And I gotta tell you, this thing is really nice to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included. I'm wearing mine as we speak and they are nice. Complete your top to bottom grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to this collection. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code The Rink Seattle, The Rink Chicago, or The Rink Colorado. No dashes, no underscores, nothing at manscaped.com. Light the lamp this season with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Hockey's back. Don't let your manscaping get out of whack. All right, let's move on to uh, the segment I've been looking forward to, which is kind of our tribute to uh, to Corey Crawford. I'm going to kick this one off um, because uh, I had a real love hate relationship with with Crawford over the years that turned what that that morphed from hate to love. Um, I was not a Crawford fan early on, although I had I had friends telling me that um, you know, and, and people people in hockey telling me that he had a lot of talent and. I was being hard on him. I think it was in part because I, I had a buddy back in those days, like in the in the early to mid 2000s, who was Craig Anderson's agent. And so he had a little bit of a, and this is when Anderson was with the Hawks. 
Um, and they drafted uh, Crawford, I believe, the year before they, they drafted Anderson. And um, so he was all he was all very negative on, on Crawford. And he had played some pro hockey as a goalie as well. So I kind of took his opinion. But I mean, Crawford really, I think for me, the year he really or the, the, the time he really started to win me over was when the year 2011, when the Hawks got eliminated by Vancouver in the first round and Crawford really stood on his head and he, he won a couple of those games. Um, and those, that was a great series, you know, and, and uh, you know, after that um, you know, he, he delivered, I mean um, and uh, you know, he was, he was the rock for the Hawks for so many years and he was, you know, they, they don't win those last two cups without him, you know um, and that's for sure. Um, uh, he was drafted by Mike Smith. I think people kind of forget, get, memory they need some prevagen and they think that he was a Stan, a Stan Bowman find he wasn't he was here long before Bowman's tenure and and uh um you know he's he was he was just a terrific goalie and he was a battler um and he's battled through you know the concussions um and um you know I just I tip my cap to him um I do think his number goes into the rafters I'm not sure he goes in the hockey hall of fame but uh you know I do think his numbers can and should go into the rafters at the UC um, very soon. And I think the team probably needs to kind of make good with him because of the way that he was uh, cut loose by the team. Um, so that's where I'm at. Uh, let's go to Gabe. Well, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm putting, putting together a very lengthy piece that will be on thedashrink.com about uh, Corey Crawford and, you know, just everything over the years about this. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I was a Corey, Corey Crawford apologist. Uh, to the nth degree for a long time. Uh, and early on, he uh, sometimes made me regret that because he uh, let up some leaky goals and he seemed like sometimes, uh, you know, he, he seemed like he didn't have the right attitude, like he didn't care or he was nonchalant or flippant about something uh, that went in. But uh, he righted everything, you know, in that 2000, around 2012, 2013, and he just became a solid goalie. Uh, he was never at the top of his game. He was never at the top of the NHL, but um, I said this to someone for five or six years, he was a top 10 goalie. Yeah. And uh, for about, uh, you know, two to three years, he was a top five goalie yeah. uh, in the NHL. So yeah. to your point about the, you know, uh, about the hall of fame, it's not the hall of very good and all that stuff. Right. You know, if it's a slow year and they don't have a lot of names on there, you could see him sneak in there. Do I think he's a, you know, a first ballot hall of famer? Hockey Hall of Famer? No, I don't. Um, you know, they, I also heard uh, Scotty Kings uh, say uh, something about how they uh, put some kind of poll out there about who was the uh, greatest Blackhawk goalie of all time, and Corey Crawford came in first. I'm like, come on. All right. You know, <laughs> that's some recency bias right there. Yeah, yeah. really? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's probably, uh, you know, you got Espo, you got Glenn Hall's first, you got Espo's two, you got Belfour in there, maybe Belfour. three, and maybe Crawford's in there at four. And that's a fair ranking. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I think for him, he, he had a great, you know, he, those cups, you know, he was stood on his head in 2013. Uh, he was, you know, his, his goals against was under under two. He probably, you know, could have got a con Smythe in there. Uh, if they win that, should have got a con Smythe. Yeah, if they got, if they win the cup in 14, yeah. Um, you know, this could be a different story, but unfortunately they didn't. Uh, so, but he still is very good and I'm going to miss him being around. And we were, you, we were kind of hard at him on the end, or, but it wasn't 
hard on Crawford. It was hard on the Blackhawks that it was time to not invest in a guy who's 30 something years old when you're declining and all that stuff. They made the right. Yeah. That that was nothing against Crawford at all because we knew damn well, he could go somewhere else and play for a couple of years and do well. And he almost did that, but he just, you know, about face and and decided this wasn't his thing. Um, He probably could have put in a year or two. I think he could have, but his injury concerns, everything, you know, lots of injuries, especially after like 2016 concussions and the epidectomy and um, you know, uh, he hurt his ankle and you know, he, a lot he, more and more injuries were surfacing and then he went through, and had COVID and it just, things are starting to pile up and it was good that he went out on his own terms, that he wasn't out on the ice, you know, embarrassing himself or anything like that because he wasn't able to compete. He went out, you know, on top, he, even though he lost his last game, he was the only, he was the best player on the ice for the Blackhawks uh, for well, a lot yeah. of that bubble, you know, the bubble. Well, one uh, game in particular, he was incredible. Yeah, but then he, you know, he was kind of pedestrian the rest of the rest of the playoffs, and and uh, you know, I wasn't sure that really he had he had recaptured the old the old glory of Crawford. Um, I think he was decent last year, and 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 facing a crap ton of shots, um, uh, in limited duty, you know. Um, but anyway, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, it's just. You know, uh, he he did great things, and we could see his number in the in the rafters. I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to that. Not a lot not, not a lot of people out there looking to uh, you know put number fifty on their back. So, you know, <laughs> it's uh, you know it is it, it is what it is. He's he he was good, and he's a legend. You know, legendary Blackhawk. He deserves to be in the conversation with you know the big names of of Taze and Kane and Keith and Seabrook and Hosa. He he was a big part, uh, you know, of what happened here in that decade in his, in his, you know, he had a decade, almost an exact decade long career. Uh, I looked at the years and it was like, yeah, right, right there. So, um, I mean, he was, he was the Blackhawks starter for 10 seasons and that that's remarkable for anybody anywhere in the NHL. 10, 10 of their best seasons, 10 of their best seasons. He's third all time in wins for goaltenders for the Blackhawks. He's 17 behind Glenn Hall. 17 wins behind Glenn Hall. That's it. And then about 130 less starts. And, you know, he had the strike shortened season. He was riddled by injury quite a bit. Yeah. I think he's right up there with the best goalies of all time for the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't, I don't think there's any two ways about it. You know, does his number go up there before Eddie Belfour's? I think there's, there's, there's a hot debate. Yeah, really. Eddie Belfour, eight seasons, two Vesnas. I mean, Eddie Belfour was the premier goalie in the NHL. Um, in his best years in Chicago, um, you know, and Crawford did have, you know, Eddie Belfort did have some very good hockey teams in front of him, but Crawford has ad, as good, if not better teams in front of him. Yeah. You know, I think we're uh, JJ awesome point. I mean, he was one Chris Campoli turnover away from stealing that series. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I brought that name up. I really, am. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a Chris Campoli hater, but to be honest with you, I oh, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. Any, I thought any, any, anyone who gives the puck away to lose a series when it's, when he gives it away to Alex Burroughs. Yeah. I'm a hater. Nah. <laughs> you know what? I didn't, I didn't mean, go ahead, Andy. Sorry. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I, I also where, where Corey Crawford really won me over and this is a little personal, but you know, I, my first year living in the Boston area was when it was the Bruins and the Blackhawks in the oh, final. Yeah. And I didn't have a friend in the world. 
um, <laughs> when it came to hockey. And it was, I mean, I'm just surrounded by people who are ready to get me and, you know, they, they go down two one in that series. And then in game four, Crow was not great. I mean, the Hawks dominated game four and his glove was not working. And I remember thinking, well, that's it. I mean, I, they're going to lose this series because of their goaltender. And then he was brilliant. And they end up winning that game. He was great in game five. If any of you, it's on game six is on all the time. And everyone talks about 17 seconds. Nobody talks about the first period of that hockey game where the Hawks were under siege. Like they hadn't been in that series at all. It could have been five, nothing after one Bruins should have been. And it was one, nothing. And Crow was on his head. He gave him a chance to win. He gave him a chance to get out of that series. And I remember after that game, that's when everyone was talking Con Smythe for him. Um, I do think Kane rightly won Con Smythe. I also think that the NHL did not want to give it to a goaltender for the third year in a row after uh, Thomas and Quick won it. Um, but, you know, I mean, like you said, they don't win without him. You know, he had that he had that bump in the road early in 2015 when Scott Darling came in. And as soon as he was back in the cage after that, it was lights out. That's when Dark Helmet was introduced. He was unreal in the Tampa Bay series. He won a, won a game six with a shutout. Yeah. My dad took me to that game. He was terrific. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. When, you know, people can be critical right <clears throat> now, pro and you know, talk about who he was, what he was, what he wasn't. It's still very recent that he played. So it's easy to do that. Ask anybody in 10 years about Corey Crawford. Yeah, though, I agree. Any Blackhawk fan. And they'll, they'll want to sit down and talk about him at great length. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think 50 should go up there. I do. Yeah. I think. John, before we turn it over to you, I'm going to bring up probably the low point for me with Crawford was the, uh, the Arizona series in, in uh, 2012. And he let in a couple of the softest goals I've ever seen at the worst I, possible time. And- I was witness to one of them. I was in the arena. It was in uh it was a breakaway in overtime. Yep. And uh, it was, it was, it was kind of like a squeaker between the legs. And I just stood up and screamed, that's how it's going to end. Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> I, um I got a phone call from my dad saying the party's over my friends and, after that goal went in and I being the mature adult that I did, I just hung up the phone on him. <laughs> so. Well, Sean, Sean, you are a mature adult. So why don't you weigh in with your, uh, with your take on Corey Crawford's career? So I think he's going to be viewed as underappreciated or he, he is viewed as underappreciated right now. The amount of people that wanted to run him out of town after one bad start all the time was and we're going to see this season, especially we're going to see this season, what Corey Crawford meant to the Blackhawks, because they're not going to have the same level of goaltending in net. And then people are going to be, well, maybe Crawford wasn't so bad. Um, I actually, a guy I went to graduate school with was a huge Rockford Ice Hogs fan. And so I got, we went to see the Ice Hogs play the Quad City Flames, I think they were at the time. I think they're... Um, and Crawford's, we sat right behind the right behind the net and saw Crawford play. Um, I, my buddy claims he was staring at my ex girlfriend the whole game when he would get water. I don't think it was true. Um, but yeah, I Crawford was just he was a he's a better version of Chris Osgood. Yeah, like everyone, he's a better version of Chris. Chris Osgood played. Hey. You look at their numbers. Crawford's got better numbers than Chris Osgood does. Chris Osgood is like 14th all time in NHL wins. Two right, because he played third. forever. 
Yeah. On a great team. On a great team. His save percentage is lower than Crawford's all time. He's 0.905 while Crawford is, I believe he's 0.914. Let me say say something about that, though, because I lived in Detroit when he played in Detroit. And Chris Osgood was the benefactor of a gentleman named Nicholas Lidstrom and a couple of other great defensemen, Larry Murphy and uh, some other D-men that they had there back then. A lot of the shots that he that he faced were perimeter shots because the the, the Red Wing defense at that time was so good with Konstantinov was there that, there then too, and they they just they took care of the house. And I mean, so so Osgood's save percentages were always padded by the fact that he did that they just didn't give up a lot of high danger chances. So that's a little bit of a that's a little misleading, but but you know yeah. Well, I, you you could make that argument in Chicago though too. I mean, you could not the last four or five years. You can't. So yeah. not, definitely not the years where where Corey had to stand. even even 2014, 2015, Their puck possession numbers were going down significantly, and Crawford was starting to face more shots. Yeah. Um, my favorite or one of my Corey Crawford moments, that I think it's underrated is in the 2013-14 playoffs when he stole game five against the Minnesota Wild in the second round. I believe they shut him out, and I think he faced like 30 or 40 shots, and they shut him out. And literally, like, the Wild were coming for the Hawks that entire game, and Crawford stole that game. And then they went on and eliminated the Wild in game six of that series. And I just thought, okay, this this is the moment he's going to get the respect he deserves. Like, he's he wasn't even that great that series, but game five, he stole it. It, it was – they were under siege that entire game. So, he's – I think he's going to be – That was the series where uh... – go ahead, John. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think ultimately to the uh, to the the common Blackhawks fan, like the, the regular Joe guy, he's, he's going to be like, oh, he wasn't that good, to the educated fan who – appreciates him i think he's going to be appreciated i think that's where he's going to fall i think time will be kind to him and his legacy oh, yeah. i totally agree yeah. so that minnesota series i just wanted to interject that was a series where michael rosaball went from being a jewel oh. shopping cart to a three-wheel jewel shopping cart yes um, yeah. that was gross that was really gross yeah that was bad graphic injury man those you know what though we're so we really are we're, we're so blessed to have had those cup runs and those great series um, you know, that's talking about, well, I'm, you know, when, when Brent Seabrook hangs him up, which I think is not long in the future, I think uh, we'll have this conversation again and we'll talk about the, uh, you know, the game winning goal in the Detroit series in 2013 yeah. and, and uh, you know, some of the, some of the great things he did too. And, and that's wakey, the, wakey. you know, <laughs> wakey, right, wakey, that wakey, yeah. the head on David Backus. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. uh you know, um, it's it, but that's you know that's sort of the the thing now that we have to look forward to is reliving you know as as these guys go off into the horizon you know because there's not much else right now. Um, so I uh, any so I guess everybody's weighed in on that. Any you guys got anything else? We could probably uh, start to to close up shop. Excited for hockey. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mike Milbury is not going to be calling any games or being in any studio. So that's going to be great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But they put Babcock IQ is going to go up. About they five, did. They four. did put Babcock in there. So maybe he'll ask the set. What do they think about each other? One and then, marble mouth to another. And then give, uh, give the list to each other at the end of the, at the end of the broadcast. What do you think of all your cohorts? Uh, here's the list. Yeah. <laughs> they need right. more Patrick Sharp. 
Yes, definitely. Sharp is great. He really he is. is. Good. Uh, I, I think Anson Carter's so good. Yeah, he, yeah, he yeah, really did too. So good at, at breaking it down and, and yeah. being analytical and well-spoken. He's great. I'm a big yeah, fan. They've, they've definitely upped their game the last couple of years, I think. Yeah. Um, with the additions and some of the, some of the subtractions too. Um, <laughs> so, all right, well, let's, let's wrap it up. I'm going to thank uh, my, my guests and co-host uh, Andy Campbell, Sean Fitzgerald, and of course, uh, gatekeeper. Um, I also like to thank our sponsors, our founding sponsor, puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Use that, uh, the rink, all caps, no dashes, discount code for 10% off. And our new sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped, yes. This is who they are. This is what they do. M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. 20% discount if you use the rink Chicago, all caps, no dashes, or the rink Seattle, or the rink Colorado. Um, and buy some of their stuff, man. It's good stuff. Um, and check out our YouTube page. we got a brand new commercial for them. I think you'll have oh, you got to check out the commercial on our YouTube yeah. page. Ooh. Um. So, Gate, you got any plugs? Um, no, I mean, just if you want to listen to uh, the Kraken Hostel Seattle Hockey Ringcast, uh, I had Hart from uh, Puckpedia over there, and uh, we talked about salary cap stuff. Uh, it's going to be mostly general NHL stuff for this season until things really get rolling. So if, if you have any questions about you know salary cap stuff and interesting things that might be seen, head over there, check that one out. Uh, let me know what you think. Leave a, a, a you know a rating and all that stuff over there. Um, other than that, no, we're good. Andy, Sean, any last little bits? All set from here. Always good to see your mugs. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And always fun to talk hockey. Really fun to talk about Corey Crawford um, yep. and talk about the Hawks. That was a really good time. Yeah, cool. I agree. We're going to see Tampa Bay twice this week. So we'll see uh, the defending Stanley Cup champions. So that'll be Nice to see. And uh, I'll look forward, hopefully, to be talking about it next week. Yeah. Draft uh, all your lightning, all you fantasy guys out there. That's right. <laughs> um, hey, everybody. As the season gets ready to start here, uh, we're going to have regular content on our website for the Blackhawks, the Seattle Kraken, um, Colorado Avalanche, um, uh, NWHL, AHL. So Toronto, Maple Toronto Maple Leafs, too. Toronto yep. Maple Leafs. Not going to leave them out here. Um, uh, you can find us on the Twitters and you'll see a lot of our, our content link there on Twitters. Um, so give us a follow. We got a lot of different accounts. Um, we have a, you know we have a, even a store account, a link store that you can follow and uh, go grab some of that sweet uh, Rick merchandise at So uh, without further ado, um, good night for everybody. Go oh, go Buckeyes, go Bucks, O H I O, and we'll see you, Rink Rats, on the rink. <laughs>